Captain Kirk. Fascinating. Well, I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Thank you, thank you. Love you. Most illogical. I thought. Well, that was different. Yep, rousy, but different. Places, please. And here we go. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, Benzites, chickens and things to episode 99 of the Muppet Trick podcast. I'm Steve. 99. Wow. And I'm Jarman. And we already compare, contrast and confer about our two favorite franchises. And what are those, Steve? The Muppets and Star Trek. We've been doing one-to-one reviews of The Muppet Show and Star Trek The Animated Series. And tonight we're covering The Muppet Show with special guest star Loretta Swit and Star Trek Animated Series episode The Practical Joker, which was just like last week's episode. That's <laughs> but, right. But Steve, uh, who's this person, Loretta Swit, we're about to talk Loretta about? Loretta Swit, an American actress, mostly known for being Margaret Hotlips Houlihan <laughs> on the American classic MASH. What a name. <laughs> Uh, since that time, she's done multiple stage and TV appearances, with most of them tapering off around 1998. Mm. Uh, what does our audience know her from? Oh, MASH. Well, this is likely uh, in this uh, episode she did was likely filmed between season eight and nine. So uh, when MASH was really like at its pinnacle. Really? Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you look at the ratings, the ratings were highest in the I think it's eighth, ninth season. So this is like she didn't need to do the Muppet show. Right. But she wasn't doing much else um, besides MASH, I guess. <laughs> but that was such a big, crazy hit that, like, she didn't need to do anything else. Yeah, it's like being The Simpsons. Um, But what's she up to on the Muppet show this week? All right. So I started writing the summary. <laughs> and there's so much that happens backstage. Yeah, it kind of intermittent inter- twingles, too. So I'm <laughs> actually going to do what's on stage first. Okay. Because there's not much of it. That's true. Uh, Kermit introduces Loretta Swit. Uh, but first, a musical number where a bunch of uh, like predators pretend to be innocent chickens singing a song. <laughs> then, presumably, the snorers chorus hits the stage <laughs> where the audience stares at them for a minute before Kermit comes in and hauls them off. Kermit then introduces Loretta Swit, who sings, I feel the earth move during like a kaiju attack. <laughs> Up next is Veterinarian's Hospital, where Loretta is in place of Nurse Piggy. And they spend most of the time figuring out how they know her. Then Pigs in Space comes and gets to the stage. But Loretta has replaced Piggy again, who then shows up. Kermit comes out and just screams at Piggy in front of the audience, who starts fighting back. Uh, Loretta gets the two to calm down and talk a little bit. And they sing together side by side by side. And what would we what would I do uh, without you? Man, if, if you I just saw that show in the audience, you'd be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, like, what the, <laughs> that's why I was like, I have to cover what is actually on stage this week. I didn't think about that. That's really funny. <laughs> Kermit thanks Loretta one last time. Piggy attempts to steal Loretta's identity. <laughs> and that's what we call the Muppet show. But that's only what the audience sees. That's right. Now, backstage, behind the scenes, Piggy has fed a rumor to a tabloid about her and Kermit secretly getting married. Kermit flips hard and <laughs> fires piggy he cancels her next number and sends out the snorers chorus then he goes and gets them back he continues to verbally berate piggy through <laughs> all of this she refuses to leave uh loretta sides with piggy until kermit offers her piggy's part and loretta like turns on her heels abandoning 
her friend <laughs> to go do a part in veterinary's hospital. Uh, Rolf rehearses a smattering of Muppets and they sing mean spirited songs about Piggy leaving. But then a nice one at the end, you like, know, at Piggy's expense. <laughs> uh, Piggy then sings some of these days in like a low key backstage number about basically her denial surrounding her and Kermit's relationship. Mm. Piggy finally prepares to depart. Kermit is outraged again and has L- Loretta take Piggy's place in Pigs in Space. And Piggy further refuses to leave the building and then storms on stage. It was a crazy episode. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, a lot of it was backstage. It Not a lot on stage on The Muppet Show this week. <laughs> uh, so, Jared, what did you think about this episode with Loretta Swit? Well, I'll get to the content of the episode in a minute, but as far as the host, Loretta Swit, um, not the best singer in the world, but they didn't really focus on that too much, which is good. They mm-hmm. showed more of her comedic stylings and her, her talent as a comedic actress. Um, but I thought she was great with the Muppets. She had a great energy about her. Um, so she was a good good host position. And her doing Piggy impression at one point was really funny backstage. Um, and then she just goes on stage and fills in those numbers gleefully, and she did a very good job. Um, but then I... And then the actual like plot of the show mixing with the onstage stuff, I thought was great. So I thought it was like a really well written episode in that way. Um, that actually made it doesn't isn't often intertwined, but when it does, I think it's the, probably some of the better episodes. And Kermit getting really really angry for the first time I've ever seen him get that angry, and justifiably so because she beats the crap out of him all the time. So he finally you are fired, Piggy. You are fired. Yes. You are fired. Fired. He finally gets his backbone and just yells at this woman for being just a total jerk and just like. Putting him in the paper is the last straw. You know, it's just it's a public thing now. Um, yeah, so, man. But then it was I thought it was really moving um, when they eventually do say we can't do the show without you. We do, we do love you, Piggy. And that last number they do on the Pigs in Space set, I thought was just really it was actually really a sweet Muppet moment that you see like in the movies a lot. But you don't get in the show as often. Um, I thought it was really sweet. It was really nice. So out of the three episodes where we have so far in the season, this is my favorite so far, I think. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think that this is better than a huge chunk of what was in the last season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and out of the three we've seen so far, this one is clearly the winner thus far for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's better think when they start. Anything, they- it, it's a little light on, like, a good, big, full-fledged musical number. Yeah. Um, Like, maybe in the middle somewhere, but otherwise, it's great. You get standards like Veterinarian's Hospital with a and twist. Uh, Pigs in Space with a little twist. Yeah. I think when they tell stories more in the episodes, like if it's a standalone story, it makes for a better episode. It doesn't always happen, but when it's just like kind of mixed bag of things that happen and aren't really connected, it's just like, eh, it's, it's cool, but it's not as interesting. I don't know. So this is really good. Yeah. if I, no, This felt like more gentle and almost well acted. That's true. Like yeah. maybe they were doing more stuff that they were doing for like the movies. Like imagining Jim Henson. At this getting... point, the first Muppet movie had been out for a year and a half or so. Mm. They were getting ready for for Caper. They're getting better at telling stories, with, you know. Yeah. On a bigger scale. I liked it. Yep. So, what's our uh, song info for this episode? Not many songs. Oh man, music this week. Ain't nobody here but us chickens. It's from Kramer and Whitney, recorded for Decca Records. Um, and Decca would go on to pioneer the idea of cast recordings of musicals. Mm-hmm. That's what they Decca became known for. They're the ones that figured that out. Gotcha. Uh, I feel the earth move from Carol King in 1971. The song is one half of something that I didn't know existed, 
there are double A-sided records. Hmm. Where it was always understood the A-side was the song that the company was pushing. The hit, yeah. And they expected it to be the hit. But this was apparently a double A-side, and the other side of it was It's Too Late. Because it's, it's too, too late, late baby, baby. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> That's so weird because um, we just had a conversation about this the other day, Jolie and I, saying there was a double A-side record. And the other thing on the other side we'd never heard of before. So it definitely wasn't an A-side track. But yeah. They try to push that sometimes. This one. That was. Um, old, Ang's, old Lang's sign, uh, often used as a departure song. Apparently, it became widespread when it was adopted by the scouting movement in North America mm. as their closing song for sessions. And for New Year's Eve. Uh, for He's a Jolly Good Fellow, it was a French song. Made popular by Marie Antoinette after she heard one of her maids singing it. Oh, play that song again. I love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, some of These Days, 1910, by Shelton Brooks. Uh, he was a Canadian-born black composer, and he had hit after hit after hit in the early 1900s, oh, all the way into the mid-1920s, uh, mid, like 1925, 1926. But he was like a music just nonstop factory hmm. for like 20 years. I'd never heard of him before, but like every, everything I read about him was like, yeah, dude, he was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, man, he's big. <laughs> um, let's see. And then side by side by side. And what would we do without you? Uh, legally, these are two separate songs, hmm. but they're performed together in Stephen Sondheim's show Company. Ah. And so because of that, they're often like seen as one piece of music, but legally they are two different songs. That's from Company? Wow. Uh, and the, the original 1970 production was nominated for a record-setting 14 Tony Awards. Wow. And it took home six. Got some good songs in that, that musical. Yeah. Uh, but what did you think was the best Muppeteering moment this week? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, even though her singing was kind of off for this song, uh, the I Feel the Earth Move uh, segment, because mm -hmm. there was just so much going on. A scale village, backdrops, a human-sized Muppet, green screen. Yeah, like, you like you like Thog crashing stuff? That was a good effect. Yeah, and like there's also crew having to shake her building and break things and stuff like that. Like There must have been so the much going on. The walls moving. Yeah, and... it was a lot, so it was pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to give it to, G and I don't know if I've ever done this. Jim as Kermit. Oh, yes. I don't know if Jim as Kermit has ever gotten. I don't think so. <laughs> this best of a cherry moment. Uh, but when he, the outburst at Piggy. It was intense. I like, feel like dad was fired, yelling. Piggy. You are fired. Fired. <laughs> like, I, I really felt like my dad was yelling at me and I felt really scared. <laughs> it was so good and so deep. And overall came from like the best acted moment we've seen in the Muppet show. As odd as that is. Yeah, and how to you say Miss Piggy being truly shocked for a moment and speechless just for a minute, like you could see, like, wow, he actually broke, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, best best of a tearing moment was that's a good was one. Jim as Kermit. I like it. Um, uh, yeah, that's Puppet Show. So, Jarman, what happened this week on uh, the animated series? This week, we have the Practical Joker. We start off with right off with a surprise attack on the Enterprise by three Romulan ships. Uh, they claim the Enterprise is intruding on Romulan space, which is punishable by death, according to them. Uh, so the Enterprise flees through a weird gaseous energy field, trying to shake them off. Looks like a disco party inside. And once through the field, they have to. Uh, they seem to have lost the Romulans, but suddenly it looks like there's is a prankster loose in the ship. 
The replicators are acting weird. Spoons are turning to rubber. And someone even wrote Kirk is a jerk on the back of his uniform, which I loved. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Dude, I want that outfit. Oh, my God. You're right. That'd be so fun to what, wear. That it would be such an easy cosplay, too, right? Because you, you can get one of those cheap and then get some iron on letters. Absolutely. Or just get like a T-shirt that says Kirk is a jerk on front. That'd be kind of fun. And see who gets the Man. reference. Um, they all think it's so a member good. of the crew at first having a laugh, but then the pranks start to get more serious. Uh, corridors are being covered in ice and fog and all sorts of weird stuff is going on with the ship. And, and suddenly Bones, Ahura and Sulu decide this is the perfect time to just go relax and get away from it all. So they head to the rec room or it's a primitive holodeck of sorts and set up a tranquil forest retreat. But instead they are pranked again by falling into a pit that wasn't there before and suddenly the tranquil forest is turning into an icy, windy tundra, and they hear female laughter <laughs> this whole time. Finally turns into a giant hedge maze, maze and try saying that three times fast, before, maze. <laughs> before Scotty finally rescues them from the rec room. And eventually they figure out the prankster is in fact the Enterprise computer herself, as she was altered by the weird energy field they passed through earlier. The disco field, I'll call it. Suddenly the computer decides to play a prank on the Romulans, to get them back for, you know, pushing them out here. So she heads back to where they were and creates a giant balloon replica of the Enterprise to trick the Romulans into thinking they have two powerful ships instead of one. And once the Romulans find out that it's fake, they're furious. They don't like being humiliated. So they chase them down right through the gaseous cloud again. And apparently going back through the gaseous cloud fixes the Enterprise. But now the three Romulan ships have a prankster computer as well. So the Enterprise decides to let them sweat it out for a while before telling them how to fix it. And that's the end of the practical Joker. So, Steve, what'd you think about it? Um, okay, so some some things I liked. Um, I loved the like the at the beginning having that like soiree or dinner and having giant mist sized glasses already, and they put them and it, like spills. And for some reason, they decided to make it look like semen. Like those, <laughs> I did not notice those that. animators definitely knew oh, that they were that it was just white everywhere. And I was like, ah, oh, someone made a choice. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, and I just love that after everything the crew has been through, the original series, everything in can here, that it took like three pranks for them to finally turn on each other. <laughs> like, the, finally, everyone's about to snap because of these pranks. Uh, Kirk is a jerk. I want, I wrote in my notes, I want a uniform with that on the back. Yes, that's great. Um, I love just how unsuspicious Bones was. Even after everything that happened, that's happened, they're on, they're in the holodeck, like on the surface of the planet, quote unquote. Uh, they hear someone evilly laughing and Bones is just like, ah, it's just some audio, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. <laughs> it's the I wind. Like, <laughs> I was like, really? After everything that happens, you're just willing to brush that off, Bones? <laughs> you're a scientist. Why don't you want to look into uh, it or something? <laughs> I loved the computer taunting Kirk and making him say, please. It felt like sweet revenge for every computer that Kirk has tricked. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, I like that there were so many different scenes because of the holodeck aspect. Uh, that's true. Like, I just loved that they were able to do so much different stuff that they never could have pulled off on the original series. Yeah, so many, so many scene changes in one episode. And then I did like this sort of poetic touch at the end that Kirk playing a practical joke is what saved them. Ah, uh, yes. I forgot about that part. My summer. I mean, like, no, don't go into the, the zappy field. <laughs> the guy's like, ah, I'll take you into the zappy field. <laughs> like, <laughs> he tricked a computer again. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, the dislikes and issues I had, the laughing with them just traveling in the holodeck kind of went on too long without anything developing. Mm. And it made for a little bit of a slow middle to the episode. I guess that's true. And I thought it was this I couldn't get on board with was 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 like the Enterprise is getting revenge. The ship is playing a practical joke. I was like, nope, I can't follow you on this one, Kirk. <laughs> I can't go with you. Because remember when the 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 giant version of the ship shows up mm-hmm. and they can't figure out why? And Kirk was like, it's it's the ship. <laughs> you see, she's playing the greatest practical joke of all. Like it was, I was like, what? No, I can't. I can't go with you <laughs> on Kirk. that journey. <laughs> I can't do this one. <laughs> I, I have a lot of suspension of disbelief in this show, and I can't do this. Not one. that one. <laughs> the question is, I had wrote down, why do they have a giant Enterprise balloon <laughs> for parades? Maybe I don't know. What is that for? <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, man. Apparently, it was in, it shows up one more time in a book somewhere in a novel. There's the the giant Enterprise balloon. Um, man, this. I want to carry a giant inflatable version of myself around. <laughs> that would be fun. Just in a back in a backpack, so on a whim I can pull a cord and turn around, and suddenly it's like a towering me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, <you> I'm <laughs> cutting the hot dog line while everyone's distracted. <laughs> That's the best thing you can use it for, I guess. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> oh, you see, it's Steve's greatest prank he's ever pulled. <laughs> it's had a charity event. Oh, <laughs> evil. They were already giving away the hot dogs for free, and he just couldn't wait his turn. <laughs> I'll take them all, ma'am. <laughs> I think you might not have heard me right. I said all of them. Not a lot. All of them. I brought my own cooler. I hope that's fine. <laughs> anyway, so I thought it had a great, like, they call it the immediate rest opening in the middle of things were like an action opening. Um, I was kind of chuckling and, and wondering what the hell was going on all the way through, like just a goofy, zany kind of episode. And um, yeah, I agreed some of the holodeck parts were a little slow at times, but I thought otherwise this episode kind of was well structured and went through pretty fast. Um, and there wasn't just repetitive shit going on. Um, it's true. It was, everything was different. They're always in a different setting. Yeah. And I like that. Um, the, um, Majel Barrett, who's Gene Roddenberry's wife, who plays the computer's voice all these years for decades. She got to do some fun stuff with her part for, which is kind of neat. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I think of the three we've seen so far this season though, I do think this is my favorite <laughs> so far because it's so goofy and nice. weird. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would put this mid to high, certainly. So far, at least. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just such, such ridiculous. <laughs> I love this when episode. Kirk fall, almost falls on the ice in the hallway and he goes, whoops. <laughs> like that. I just loved Kirk having to say please to that computer. That oh, made me yeah. so happy. Sweet revenge. Say please. Please. <laughs> say please. pretty please with sugar on top. <laughs> sugar on top. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> Well, some trivia for this episode. This is the first appearance of a holodeck called a recreation deck in this episode in the Star Wars universe. And some consider this as a prototype of the holodeck used in later shows like The Next Generation and such. Uh, none, of the fe- none of the feature films with the original series TV cast used the recreation deck again. And Gene Roddenberry had intended to introduce a holodeck type room in the third season of the, of the live action series. But budget constraints, as Steve mentioned, pr- prohibited it. So they couldn't do it. 
Um, this is the last appearance of the Romulans in the Star Trek franchise until the neutral zone on next generation, an episode in 1988, 14 years later. So this is, they'd be gone for 14 years in the public consciousness. Um, and this is the second consecutive installment to feature the concept of a practical Joker following the introduction of Ari bin Bem in last week's Bem. Um, so yeah, living a Trek mother connections this time around. Oh boy, do I. Okay. So this one's loose, but hot. Um, Loretta Swit is often mistaken for actress Sally Kellerman. Yeah, there are multiple articles and mentions of this when I when I tried to search, and uh, Sally Kellerman uh, was in the second pilot for Star Trek: The Original Series when they redid the pilot, and she was the voice of Miss Finch in Follow That Bird. Oh, that's but Sally Kellerman and Loretta Swit gets mistaken for her often. Yes, now I had thought that maybe Sally I Kellerman was hot and loose. Was Sally Kellerman in the movie version of MASH, though, or was it always Loretta Swit? I thought that was the confusion, that she wasn't actually in the TV show, Sally Kellerman. But who knows? What, Sally Kellerman? Yeah. No, she was in She was in the original. I remember quoting that factoid way back when. No, no. I mean, is Sally Kellerman was Sally Kellerman in the movie version of MASH, and then Loretta Swit was in the TV show as Hot Lips. I thought was that, she? I thought that I was didn't what the find conf- that. Who played Hot Lips in the movie? Oh my God! Hot lips, that's, mash the movie. I'm gonna find porn by yeah, accident. Okay, that's what it was. Now. So Sally Kellerman played Hot Lips in the movie version, and then it was when we went to TV. She didn't come back, so Loretta Swit came in. That's why they got confused. All oh, the time. I didn't. I didn't find that connection. I just found everywhere it was like, why do people get these actors confused? <laughs> and that's why I often get them. But I did. I was like, oh wow, okay, they get confused. Or I guess they kind of look the same. <laughs> and that was the connection I was all excited about. That I was going to see if you got. I was so close. I was on the edge of that connection. <laughs> well, good. I've got other better connections. Go for that it. Was my bad one. Uh, one of uh, Loretta Swift's earliest television credits was for a single episode of Mission Impossible, Ooh. which had Leonard Nimoy in it. And was written a lot of episodes by Gene Roddenberry as well. That's right. Uh, MASH, uh, of course, had Alan Alda. In Muppets Tonight, they named a character in dedication to Alan Alda by giving the character his birth name, which is Alfonso Diabruzzo. <laughs> who's a parrot name. that is alan alda's original name is alfonso Alfonso i can't do an alan alda Bruzo. Bruzo. really spectacular no i can't either, I can't either. It's, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a john c riley again. <laughs> uh and also in mash was actor uh gary berghoff who played radar big bird stuffed bear is named radar after him oh i didn't know that yeah good. good connections there that's right well of course they have connections because of the same episode exactly the same of course they are both feature large fake versions of real things <laughs> uh the inflatable enterprise and loretta swit being nurse piggy <laughs> oh that's i guess that's true uh both are the leader of the show losing it on their crew uh kermit with miss piggy and the rest of the crew with the, and then Kirk finally losing it because of the pranks. <laughs> nice. Uh, both feature the same, I said, oversized scary things again, because again, we got Loretta Swit as first mate Piggy in Swide Trek. Uh, and then uh, you've got the giant inflatable. Was it the same thing twice? Kind of, but I found two different connection points. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I see. That makes more sense. So they also both episodes of us temporarily losing a main character in some way, uh, the computer to madness and Miss Piggy by losing her job. 
So that's how that works. Wow. That's true. That's true. And then the computer had to come back. Oh, God. The computer. Oh, God. <laughs> What's happening? All right, it's part of the show where we transport one character from one episode to the other, and then vice versa. So what you got for us, Steve? Trek to Muppets this week, I'm going to bring over the laughing practical joke entity and replace Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> Just sitting up there going, ah, ha, ha, I got it. <laughs> Fell down. Ah, ha, ha, the bear. Ah, ha, I had something similar. I'm doing the opposite. I'm having the Muppets to Star Trek have Statler and Waldorf trade places with the Enterprise computer. Because <laughs> every time they pull a prank on someone, like, ho, 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 ho. that'd be wonderful. Oh, that would be good. I'm up to Trek. I'm going to replace the giant fake Enterprise with Thog. <laughs> he would also make the Romulans rethink their attack. Is he the big guy that's crushing the city? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> Star Trek to Muppets, I have the Enterprise computer switch places with Kermit. It could play pranks on everyone in the Muppet Show cast and crew to get revenge on all of them for driving Kermit crazy on a daily basis. Because they do. Nice. And that brings us to the end of episode 99 of the Muppet Trek podcast. Join us next time for episode 100. And for those of you who remember every 50 episodes, we compare and contrast movies from our two favorite franchises. That's right. And we'll be comparing Star Trek to The Wrath of Khan. And the great Muppet Caper. So, from the lovers, the dreamers, and us. Live long and prosper, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Muppet Trek Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. This podcast has been brought to you by A Play on Nerds. 